Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. So it was like 11.30 at night, and Joel and I were craving hot chicken because we had gone to that cannabis party place thing where, you know what a party is. What am I saying? I just like... (laughs) Actually, I don't. I don't remember what a party is. Can you tell me what a party is, please? (laughs) It's It's a gathering of three or more people all wearing masks, standing very, very far apart from each other, looking around nervous and wishing they were back home where all this began. I think that's what... Yeah, that, sounds is that a about party? right. Yeah, that's a party. Yeah, that sounds like a party to me. <laughs> a place that I want to leave immediately and go be safe in my own home. Thank you. Yeah. My, my favorite, okay. instead of a key party, how about a Netflix password party where everybody comes into <laughs> the house and you all put in your password for your streaming service. And then when you leave, you root around in the bowl and you go home with a new streaming service password so that you can stay home forever. Would, would you like be swapping streaming services with someone? Yeah. Because it wouldn't work if like I have Netflix and then I try and use your password on my account. That's not going to work. So what are you talking about, Mike? Okay, I'll get to the chicken in a second because I know that's what Jesus. the most important part is to you. So but what I'm saying is like instead... Confusing. <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, sh- shout out Chemdog. Shout out my brain. I'm working on how to get it outside of my in out of my brain and out of my mouth. Um, I, I like a key party, but instead of a key, you put in the password for a streaming service, and then you provide the whole party. And then somebody, like, instead of pulling out a key for somebody to go home with, they pull out a password to a streaming service they don't have, and they get to go home and have that streaming service. Okay, so. On the piece of paper with the password on it, it would also have the account information for a streaming service. So it would say like, Hulu, login, Mike Glazer, password. Uh, Big Daddy 69420069. Great. Capital B. Okay. Yeah. And then I could, oh, that's crazy. The printer, I'm sitting in um, my sister's dining room. And when you said your password, the printer just came on <laughs> right behind me. That's so crazy. There's a ghost in the machine. Yeah, there is. And it's a horny that, ghost. That was crazy. You just said your password in the machine behind me. Word to life. Like it was excited to get it on. Wow. There weird. you go. See, key, par- key parties with ghost machines. The The machines are on board. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now that, I, now that I understand you, yes, I would like to go to a party where I would leave with uh, free access to a streaming service that I don't currently have. I would love to have free Disney Plus and HBO Max. So yeah, I'm I'm all about it. Cool. Okay, oh. gotcha. Uh, now. Back to, I'm sorry. Okay, now. Go ahead. Chicken. Ba- back to the chicken. Before I do, Ooh. what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going really, really, really good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And? Uh, ghosts. <laughs> ghosts and... <laughs> <laughs> and chicken. So here's what happened. So Joel and I, it's like 1130 at night and he's never had Dave's hot chicken before. He's never, I don't even know if he's had hot chicken before. And yeah, I have not, I, I also not had Dave's hot chicken. So oh. I'm jealous that you and Joel went to get Dave's hot chicken because it's like kind of in my neighborhood and I've walked past it a few times and I've always opted for the healthier vegan uh, tacos across the street, but also I'm great. excited. 
I'm excited to hear this story, though, because that, that shit looks good. Well, we'll get to those vegan tacos when we hit another topic in our conversation today. But when you get back from Washington, the first thing I'm going to do is take you to Dave's Hot Chicken. So Joel's never been there, so I'm like, the menu is on me, because I think that's a very nice flex. If you can say, let me get you the menu, that's what you should do, especially when you've had a really fun time and it's you're feeling a little loose. So we order the whole menu, sliders, chicken tenders, some medium, some hot, some mild. We get fries, and Joel leans in and goes, put some cheese on those fries. We get some cheese fries, we get some Dr. Peppers. It is an 11.30 at night party, and we're eating outside, and this sloppy crew of six come in there loud as fuck on their phones laughing. And normally I wouldn't have a problem with it because I've been there and I like having a good time. So why not let them have a good time? But they start kind of being too out of pocket for the restaurant. And uh-huh. they order a bunch of food. And this one girl grabs her tray and starts saying something to her friend across the restaurant that's so loud that everyone's annoyed. And then she slips and her whole tray slams on the floor. Her secret sauce, which is their like Thousand Island dip blend, lands all over the floor, splatters everywhere. And all of the Dave's Hot Chicken co-workers look at each other and then look at them and then don't help at all. And they all had to clean up the floor. They're the ones who had to grab the napkins. The Dave's Hot Chicken people just start closing, wiping things down, making more mm-hmm. orders for everyone, and just let that group kind of eat their words. And it was a beautiful yeah. moment where I have never respected people who are working at a restaurant more. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Instant karma, right? Instant That's just, karma. Oh, yeah. It's such a it's such a good feeling when you witness insta- instant karma in action. You're like, and that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially because my inclination, because I need everyone to like me, even strangers, would be to immediately grab a bunch of napkins and be like, okay, we're friends now. I'm going to clean that up for you. None of them were having it. And it just made me like a, a Dave's Hot Chicken stand for life. I had, an, a, I'm so glad to hear this. I love to hear about restaurant workers just letting people fucking flounder in their own mess that they just made because they were being idiots. That's an awesome story. And I'm super excited to go to Dave's Hot Chicken with you because I, I also want to hear about the chicken. But real quick, I wanted to tell you my own story about people with napkins coming to my aid recently, which was when I just flew up to Seattle with Mr. Archie Moo and he had a stress poop in uh, the airport at LAX in front of the ticket counter. Ooh, been there. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in the ki- in the at the ticket counter? Yeah, right at the ticket counter. He 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 went on the floor. And then um, when we got off the airplane at SeaTac, he uh, had to go again, and I didn't realize. And he had he had gone. Like I didn't actually stuff him in a carrier without walking him first. Like he had gone, but I think he was just so stressed and it had been like a year since we traveled together. We used to travel together all the time and he was so accustomed to it. So it was a big adventure for him. So he he, um, peed all over the floor in SeaTac and it was so, I was just like, oh my God, because that's not like cleaning up poop, like cleaning up a whole puddle of dog pee in in a busy airport was so crazy. And three people came to me with paper towels. No way. It was really nice. It was a very heartening moment where I was like, everybody can see that I'm scrambling to like contain this slowly spreading puddle. And they're all like there to, 
you know, I mean, no one was mopping it up for me, but they did approach me with paper towels and like a kind look on their faces. So that's quite nice. There is, it was nice. There is nothing worse than a panic pee puddle that is spreading. That is some nightmarish hell because you hit one side yeah. and the other side is like, good luck trying to catch me. Well, and he did it on kind of like a down ramp. So it was just all <laughs> trickling downhill. And I was like, oh, no. And like, he really had to go. Yeah. Uh, poor little guy. Anyway, it was. Yeah. So shout out to those awesome folks at SeaTac for helping me. Shout out to them. Shout out to Dave's. And never would I have expected to prefer poop over pee in a public setting. But right. when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to like scrambling to get it together and move on with my life, I'll take poop every time on the floor. I never would have thought. Yeah, interesting, right? You can't pick up pee. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I need to talk about something else to do with liquids. Do you know what this whole thing is going on with gasoline and plastic bags? Um, there was a pipeline hack that caused a gas shortage on the East Coast. And so everyone was scrambling to fill up their gas tanks and then gas cans. And then in addition to gas cans, I guess some people were putting gas in bags <laughs> to um, just have at the ready. And then some government agency issued uh, a warning via Twitter that just said, do not put gasoline in plastic <laughs> bags. And man, I was oh like, man. wow, that feels peak 2021. Like shrimp toast crunch guy and do not put gasoline in plastic bags. Yeah, two highlights from this last um, last few months of the beginning of this insane, insane year. This that year feels in some ways like a continuation of last year's insanity but just at new new levels new heights of insanity <laughs> truly like i can't sometimes i'm like oh may's flying by and other times i'm like it's only may mm-hmm. oh my goodness unbelievable yeah, yeah. wait Every, what would be your stopped. ideal thing to put a to put gas in my car dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or actually maybe maybe just my boat i guess if you had to well no because a boat isn't going to take gas it's going to take diesel so yeah your car yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Maybe my lawnmower? I don't know. The crazy thing is, is like, like, I guess you would have to take the plastic bag. You would have to put a beer bong in your gas tank. I've, I've tilted over enough plastic bags to know that they don't, they don't pour easily. Like oh, the, you've tried to pour liquid out of a plastic bag before? Yeah, well, because sometimes we wouldn't have water balloons, and but we would, or like a bucket to dump on someone's head, and especially in the summertime as a kid growing up, and you always run with the plastic bag filled with water, and when you try and dump it, it just folds the bag and it all falls all over your legs. It's a nightmare. So I can only imagine the idea of someone trying to pour bag gas into a beer bong into their car and it's gonna spill all over their khaki pants and woven belt by a beer bong do you mean a funnel and a hose yeah exactly right right okay (laughs) i would have just called it a funnel and a hose but you know oh well to me that is a beer bong and always will be yeah i mean i knew what you were talking about totally (laughs) definitely (laughs) that actually kind of like um brings us to a crazy story speaking about like how crazy this year has already been. I know that we were going to talk about the news in a moment, but can I hit you with a UFO news story or do you want to do some Grubla Gazette first? Oh yeah, let's do some Grubla Gazette. All right, let's do some Grubla Gazette brought to you by OCB. OCB, that's right. I'm pulling it up right now. Awesome. So the Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within 
within a 500 kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning, no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we like to call Harmony on High. Yeah, we do. So ask for OCB wherever you buy your rolling papers and sample their entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Thanks, OCB. If you like our podcast and you like what we do, please support the people who support us and check out OCB at OCBUSA.com. 100%. I love their rolling papers. What is our news this week, Mary Jane? What's the Grubla Gazette? Our news this week is coming to us from uh, Marijuana Moment, which I want to clarify for anyone who ever tries to look for Marijuana Moment, because I just typed Marijuana Moment into my search bar and pulled up MarijuanaMoment.com which takes you to all sorts of like, it's just like a marketing website. So Marijuana Moment is at marijuanamoment.net. It's a great source for uh, all sorts of cannabis news. And this story is actually not about cannabis. It's about MDMA. So the headline is that the FDA has cleared researchers to study MDMA use by therapists being trained in psychedelic medicine. So the Food and Drug Administration has actually already authorized clinical trials into um, using MDMA therapeutically for people who are suffering with PTSD. But now it's taken the added step of giving the green light to MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. It's a psychedelics research institute to expand those studies by giving it to therapists so that therapists can have a better understanding of the psychedelic experience when they're actually treating those patients. So it's just like another step in the research being done around MDMA and in general, like just advancing the field of psychedelic therapy. And I think it's just great news, you know, it's It's on the right. It's a step in the right direction. Another step in the right direction. That's fantastic. Uh, I would trust my therapist. I should ask him if he's tried MDMA before. Because I think it's important, yeah. you know, I, I really, I subscribe to an occasional finger dip. For sure. For sure. It's very, it's very helpful as a mood restorer and resetter sometimes. And, you know, just like psychedelic therapy in general is, you know, I, I feel like it's becoming a really hot topic because it, it, it's becoming very clear to everyone that the war on drugs was just a, a heinous fucking lie. And so now, and also, you know, people are seeing that it's actually not only healing, but also Unfortunately, a lot of people are coming to it because it's profitable. Um, But the healing aspect of it, I know you and I are both super interested in that. And there's just all sorts of cool stuff going on with um, psilocybin, for instance. Like in Canada, therapists are allowed to take psilocybin. um, And there's really interesting research going on with ketamine to treat depression. And I I just think it's a really interesting world that I want to sort of keep an eye on and pay attention to and keep talking about on here with you, honestly. Like there's just there's so much in that whole world of, of healing and understanding that's not um, specifically cannabis, that there's like a bigger world out there. It's an exciting time for mental health as we all try and get mentally healthy. There's a lot more yeah. options out there than opioids and uh, things things of the past. I, I also wanted to say to please stop DMing me asking if I can get you drugs. I think this is a good moment as things come back online and as people are going to therapy for the first time, I've had a couple of people hit me up saying that their therapist recommends like microdosing mushrooms or Mm -hmm. trying MDMA and things like that. And yes, if that is something that you're comfortable with, definitely try it. I subscribe to it. I love it. It's helped me become a better me 
Also, stop DMing me asking if I can be your plug because I don't know you. I don't need to hook you up. And I don't really like that kind of uh, message from a stranger. So, you know, thank you, but no thank you. But I hope you get well. <laughs> Heard. Yes, get well. And, and you know, we can direct you to resources like MAPS. Check out the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. They are wonderful. There's an institute called the Shakruna Institute. Our friends over at Double Blind um, have a whole list of wonderful resources if you want to check at Double Blind Magazine. You know, there, there are lots of places to learn about this and then find out how to source it safely for yourself. If you are interested in healing through psychedelics, I just uh, am fascinated by the whole thing. You know, I've talked on here about microdosing with mushrooms and how helpful I've found that and um, big proponent. So I just 100%. think this is, this is great that the FDA, you know, which is notoriously uh, as a government agency, anti-drug, obviously, that they've said yes to clinical trials for MDMA. And now they're saying yes to the therapists being able to experience what that MDMA is like to help people. That's so awesome. FDA, MDMA. I kind of want to make that hat, get it embroidered. That would look really nice. cool, right? That would be fun. Yeah. That would be a great hat. Uh, the other thing I was going to um, mention, oh, I'm blanking on the name now, but last time I took some really, really great Molly, it was recommended to me that I also took like some type of vitamin so that the day- 5-HTP. 5-HTP. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. important, really effective, um, helps with that gray day the next day that is universally mm-hmm. experienced and kind of part of the thing that you're signing up for when you take- Molly and MDMA and everything. What can you say the yeah. name again? It's a uh, 5-HTP and it is not a vitamin. It is a, okay, let me look it up here. It's a chemical bribe byproduct of the protein building block L-tryptophan, which is commer- uh, produced commercially from the seeds of an African plant. You know, you just buy it over the counter and it works in the brain and central nervous system by increasing the production of serotonin. So when your mood, which obviously re- regulates and affects your mood and your sleep and a, b- a bunch of other things. So because MDMA um, affects and boosts your serotonin, the 5-HTP can balance out that sort of come down, I believe is how it works. Don't listen to me. I'm not a scientist, but it is useful for, yeah, that, that day after when your serotonin can feel a little low. So yeah, you can just, uh, you can, I mean, I bought some at Walgreens. I'm not a scientist either, but I am a good guinea pig. So <laughs> you're I, a great I, guinea pig. I, you're so you. game for stuff. Thank you. In fact, I'll, I remember when we were hanging out in Las Vegas with um, Anastasia Sin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's our friend who's a, a biohacker and a cybernetic magician. And She has a computer things. in her leg that unlocks her phone and she can program to unlock hotel doors. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's amazing. The, she's incredible. She's it's she's so neat and she had offered to give you uh your very first uh robotic implant mm-hmm. that you could have there and then and you were like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And then I was like, "Wow, he is like just game to say yes to stuff." Yeah, they are in my sock drawer cuz she gave me uh-huh. the implants in case I changed my mind and, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm going to go to her home again and I still think about it all the time because I would like a little microchip in the webbing of my hand between my index finger and my thumb. I mm-hmm. I have I have it I look every single day, not every day. I don't put on clean socks every day, let's be honest, Mike. When I put on clean socks, mm-hmm. I see those uh implant needles in my in my drawer and I absolutely think about just going over to my bathroom and smacking a chip in there and I I want cybernetics inside me I think it is an important step towards future that I'm very open to testing on myself that's so interesting because I am I'm like physically repulsed by the idea of 
you know, and I, I'm so fascinated by the developments and, you know, by how how tech is making the world so much better in so many ways and the developments in all the fields of, you know, biotechnology and medicine. But just the idea of having a microchip inside me totally freaks me out. So can you, why do you want that? Like, what about it excites you? Uh, a couple of things. One is that I'm doing it to myself on my own terms. And I think that as somebody who deeply believes in the um, the freedom of personal choice in most in most instances, um, I, I I like the idea of having complete control over what goes into my body and why. When I think about somebody like Elon Musk and Neuralink, and I know that he is saying he's creating it for people in wheelchairs to hopefully one day be able to walk again. Like there's real medical. Evo, like revolutionary components to Neuralink that um, that seem possible, but mm-hmm. but I've also seen so many action movies where the villain has created this um, you know this cr- this incredible uh, robotic machinery that everybody gets on board for and puts into their cell phones and then it releases some sequence and frequency that makes everybody murder each other. Like I've seen I've seen too much. <laughs> And also we have phones that track us. Like I just, there's so much pro and con when it's kind of against your free will. And so the idea of having cybernetics put into me by my choice that simply make my life easier or make my life cooler or allow me to show off at parties, that Hmm. is exciting to me. You know, when I pierced, sorry, you got me going. Do you mind? Is that okay? Not at all. I'm fascinated. When I, I've talked about it on here before, but when I, um, put a tongue ring through my nutsack in college. The the biggest thrill of piercing myself, and I pierced myself all over, but that one and that one specifically was really special. And it was because I had like a secret that I loved how it looked and I loved how it felt, but I also loved that nobody else knew that I had it unless my I was with uh, a partner. And so I think that there's something really special about having like a microchip on my own terms in my hand because it's a secret that only I have that feels like a superpower that also can kind of give me superpowers. That's exciting mm-hmm. to me. That's an exciting world to live in. Wow. I It's so interesting. And it's also fits into something that um, my sister's partner, Walt, saw the other night that I wanted to talk to you about. He was sitting in the hot tub outside and he looked up in the sky and he saw this line of satellites going by. And when he told me about it, he was like, it was the craziest thing. It was like 30 of them all in a line. And I was like, are you sure they weren't like military planes or drones or something? And he was like, no, I could tell they were satellites because he <laughs> knows stuff and he knows how to look at the sky and he knows what different things are. And he was like, there were definitely satellites, just the way they were traveling. It was so crazy. And then the next morning... He emailed me a video of what it was, and it's Elon Musk's Starlink. Do you know about Starlink? I do, but I had no idea that it was sky visible. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and Walt found a video, and he sent it to me, and I was watching it, and it's it's creepy as hell. Like, it's, I mean, I think, you know, if you're someone who looks at technology as a wonderful thing, it's probably a thing of wonder and beauty and awe. But for me, I was just like, wow, that is terrifying. And it looks to me like something that's heralding the singularity. Yes. And I don't like that thought. And I don't want to think about robot overlords. I just want everything to be natural and green and connected to the earth and um, something that I can understand. Even if I don't understand it, I can marvel at the wonders of nature. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it was just really interesting and a little bit terrifying. 
Um, and I, I definitely want to learn more about it. But so do you know what Starlink is? Because I had to look it up. I do. But I think that like, uh, I, I before we talk about Starlink, I think that the the singularity is really thrilling and terrifying, like you're saying. But I also don't think that that has to be separate from nature. Like, I don't think that just because we're all connected and we all become one that you're not going to be allowed to feed an ostrich at the zoo anymore. You know, I don't want to feed a fucking ostrich at the zoo. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about tech being bad for the climate. And I'm talking about like technology actually having a terrible impact on the planet that we all inhabit. Like tech is not good for the environment, you know? Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about technological advancements being good for a very small part of the population when 99.9% of us are stuck here on this earth and not able to actually take advantage of these technological advancements. And we have to live here with what we have. And so I'm just concerned about the, you know, that minuscule portion of people like Elon Musk using those technological advancements to do those amazing things. Like, yes, I think space travel is amazing and I think you know I followed the landing of the Mars rover with like total fucking wonder I, I listened to the sound of Mars and I was like that's so fucking cool but I'm also really concerned about the implications that tech and AI and cryptocurrency all this stuff have for the earth ship that we're all on that we need to take care of first like that should be our primary concern right now is to preserve the vessel that we're on and not like try to just get off this vessel because most of us aren't going to be able to leave. So like, let's, you know, look to the sky and yes, all of these wonderful things, but also like pay attention to earth, please. We're, this is where we live. Did you garden today? I did garden today. How did you know? <laughs> it, just, it sounds like you gardened today. I did. <laughs> you know, I was like having a, having a bummer of a morning and uh, I went out into my sister's garden here and you know, everything's in bloom. And I was taking a video for my sister and it was a hummingbird feeding off the bottle brush tree that's in her backyard. And I was like, oh, I feel better. And then I was like, yeah, it's because I'm out in nature. And then I was like, yep, it's just, that's that's how I feel good. It's yeah. just, you know, being connected to the earth. <laughs> and you're like, I want microchips and I want to go to the moon. <laughs> and you're just like, I want dirt in my pockets, under my fingernails and a rose in my ear. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's why we get along, because we're nothing alike. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so, we're temperamentally, I think, quite well suited to Hank, but yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So you want to talk about Starlink and then maybe get into a little bit of Pentagon with some uh, questions from fans? Yeah, I mean, I just didn't know what Starlink was. So for anyone who doesn't know, Starlink uh, was developed by Elon Musk's um, SpaceX, and it's basically a satellite internet constellation meaning it's just like this train it looks it literally looks like a train of satellites that will orbit earth and basically beam internet to any corner of the earth and it's um, been authorized to send 12,000 satellites into orbit and it sought permission for another 30,000 so you know the headline I mean I just googled it quickly and the headline on the Wall Street Journal says Elon Musk's satellite internet project is too risky rivals say I don't know much about it but it sounds um, really fascinating and I'd like to learn more and I'm also um just terrified that this kind of stuff is happening. It's all happening so fast. Like, you know, Walt and, I, Walt, bleh, Walt and I were talking about it and he was saying, you know, 30 years ago, seeing a satellite was like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. If you looked up in the sky and you saw a satellite, you were like, whoa, that's like super neat. And now to just see this, like, it's like a, a space highway. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just seemed crazy. But anyway, that's Starlink. 
Um, and now I know. I didn't know before. Did you know that there are UFOs in out there? Because our uh, fan of the show, Jeff Bravo, asked us if we have any opinion on the Pentagon's um, release next month talking about UFOs. I want to know more about this, too, because I do know that of late there have been some videos hitting the Internet that kind of seems like they're definitely UFOs and it kind of seems like no one really cares or is paying attention to it. So I'm fascinated to know more because, yeah, what's happening? Please tell me. Yeah, well, when Jeff um, hit us up with that question, I, the first thing I thought was, didn't we... Didn't didn't they come out and say there were UFOs last year and it just kind of flew under the radar because yeah. of how difficult 2020 was? And I looked it up and what happened during the Trump administration is they passed a bunch of bills. And one of the things they passed was that the um, Pentagon had 180 days to release UFO documentation. And that's why cut to May. Here we are. And in June, they will release that documentation. So in a in a very weird stream of events. Last year, they were like, but there's UFOs. And now this year, they're going to release Proof something. Proof of UFOs? Well, that's the thing is that, you know, everything I'm reading about, they're not required to show proof. So I'll just read it really quick. This is from okay. CNN. So the um, office of the director of national intelligence and other agencies are scheduled to deliver unclassified reports on UFOs to Congress. And so that will examine how the how the Pentagon has handled reports of UFOs. And here are the types of things that they're going to have to talk on. It must get it must contain detailed analysis of UFO data and intelligence collected by the Office of Naval Intelligence. It has to describe in detail an interagency process for ensuring how data is collected and how unidentified aerial phenomenon are reported. And it also has to report on any identifying national security threats posed by UFOs and whether our nation's adversaries could be behind that activity. My brain just fell out my ear. I yeah, literally, I, saw it. I, saw <laughs> I stopped it listening halfway through. Uh -huh. Like six people <laughs> hand you paper towels and they're like, you're going to have to clean up that brain, Mary Jane. Can we help yeah. you please? It's a puddle. It's just <laughs> leaking all over the floor here. What was, okay. Okay. So, so what does it all mean, Mike? It, it basically all means that nothing is going to be reported in my opinion. Like, mm. uh, like it's going to be, it's unclassified documents, right? So they can redact whatever they want. They can talk circles around questions, which is how they got into their positions of power to begin with. But mm -hmm. what I will say was that there was one guy, I pulled up his name. Let me pull out a note. He's the former national intelligence director. And he just came mm -hmm. out and he's like, yeah, there's UFOs, yo. Yeah, of course there are. But here's the thing. They released a new uh, a new clip of a UFO, and I don't know how my fucking iPhone 11 has a better camera than whatever we've been using with military <laughs> jets, but like, yo, we need to put iPhone 11 cameras, get the military to have them so we can quit getting these dumb, blurry pictures of UFOs, because that's all that seems to be released. Meanwhile, I can take a picture of the Grand Canyon that gets me 10,000 likes on my Instagram. What are we doing? Yeah. I know. It's so fucking crazy. Also, what's up with the aliens inside the UFOs? Has anyone seen any of those? What do they look like? Why are they here? What do they want? Is it going to be like Arrival? Did you see that movie? I thought that was a great movie. about. That was actually one of my favorite alien films that I've seen because it was so surprising. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen because they're if they're if they're around they're going to show up at some point i mean probably pretty soon if we're seeing a lot of them and we're like putting a bunch of trash into the sky and killing our planet maybe they're like hovering to save us from ourselves or maybe they're just going to take over and 
extinguish us uh, a la Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which, you know, would probably be instant karma for us. Maybe when they do arrive, Elon will flip the the switch and it'll turn out that Starlink is actually like a quilt, like an impenetrable shield around the Earth against Uh UFOs. And then he's like, told you, motherfuckers. And then, you know, we're actually protected from invasion. What if that's what's happening? Don't you think, I mean, I know this isn't a conspiracy theory podcast and I don't like to go too far down this road, but like, don't you think that Elon Musk sending a bunch of satellites into space has to be connected to defense somehow? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's just about getting internet to every corner of the world. I think there's also definitely that aspect of it. For sure. So you're right about that because I also read, I'm not sure when, but it was sometime late last year that a part of the new technology and his funding is to be able to get um, military weapons anywhere in the world in a matter of like seconds and minutes. So, you know, the same way that I could order a book on Amazon Prime and it's to me the next day, Uh Elon Musk is creating technology with his spaceships and with, I don't know, I don't know what the fucking word is, technology so that we could get our um, military weapons anywhere in the world to Americans anywhere in the world in a matter of minutes. So, yes, you're absolutely right that there is, like, defense behind this offense and technology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm getting so anxious. I need to go and smoke some weed. (laughs) Oh, you just made me so anxious with that. I just feel so anxious about all of it. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. If you just think about this whole world that we live on, this world that we exist on together. So my dad was born in 1931 when he was a kid. You know, he was of that generation where it was like he saw TV invented. He, you know, remembers like movies being, you know, like a a huge fucking deal that you just, you know, all of that kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not being very eloquent, but I just, I'm trying to sort of like, I always like to remind myself that my dad in his lifetime, he was born in 1931 and he died in 2016. He saw the most technological advancement and developments that the world has ever seen. Like there was, you know, all of the ages and then the Industrial Revolution. And then all of a sudden you get into the 19th century and the 20th century. And now look at us like we're we were walking and now we're running and now we're moving so fast that we can't even keep up with ourselves. And like yeah. we're making things that are smarter than we are. So while destroying things around us, it's just like it makes my heart beat faster and i i feel um just that like weird sort of like um i feel uh disoriented by it you know what i mean when i really think about it and i think that's why i want to go outside and like put my toes into the grass and sort of just feel that's what calms me because i'm like that that's where i come from and that's where i'll return um and all the rest of it just is is uh makes me feel panicky (laughs) Completely understand and completely relate. I feel like there will be a moment when we do this podcast where it's going to be like coming to you live from an undisclosed cabin in the middle of nowhere that you can't find. And we're not even sure where we are, but we're happy because the birds are out there and the sun still comes up and down and we have a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. You think Weed and Grub will become a survivalist podcast? We're like, <laughs> we're like, we're just up here with our chickens and our goats and our six weed plants. And we're just beaming this to you via Starlink. But uh, that's all we got. Yeah. We're just a sur- two survivalists in the woods making each other nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram 6.9. And yeah. get your get your baby to follow us because babies have Instagram now because there's that whole thing. Did you read about that? No. What happened there? Oh, I was just reading that there were like, you know, all of these people who were trying to get Zuckerberg to stop with his fucking nefarious evil plan. I guess we're just talking about tech overlords in this episode where he was like, 
the, literally developing Instagram for kids. Whoa. Like they were figuring out a way no. to make Instagram more kid friendly and then launch a version of the app for the under 12 set because you got to get them hooked early. And I was like, oh my God, Whew, if I were a parent right now, I think that it, especially during the pandemic, has been like almost impossible to be no screens. I just can't imagine that you would, you know, everything's like we're recording this via screen. We wouldn't have a podcast without it. There's like nothing would happen. People wouldn't have gone to university. There wouldn't have been fucking any conversation in the past, you know, year without screens. So how could you say to your kid have no screen? But man, if I had a kid right now, I would like not buy them a phone. I, I think agree. It's too, it's too wild to think about getting them hooked on that stuff. So yeah. Oh, it's so dangerous when you're like formative mm-hmm. years of your brain being developed are infiltrated with um targeted advertising oh my god there's like there's already i'm already weaker than my computer screen i can't even (laughs) imagine a baby who doesn't know what its thumbs are yet doesn't even know what the word (laughs) thumbs is like what are you talking about what is a thumb and but i do know what a targeted ad is have you ever seen a baby with a screen have you ever handed like a, a a niece or nephew or a little kid that you're around they know how to use instinctively because the those you know the smart technology is developed to be intuitive and for you to be able to figure out how to use it. And I have friends with little kids who, before they can even walk, can pick up and unlock a screen and then find an app and be like, or, or be dialing countries. Or it's, it's, yeah, it's wild. You make me think about how if we, if like the Greek philosophers would have had screens, Socrates and Aristotle. <laughs> there are, would be no philosophy. <laughs> there would be just... <laughs> They'd just be like, I'm just gonna be on TikTok, yeah, watching a- recipes, <laughs> <laughs> food content, food talk, which is honestly a great comfort to me. I find great comfort in scrolling through food TikTok and watching, like, oh, I just watched the whole thing about like just it, it's like a very niche. I don't even know what the fucking hashtag is, but it's just barbecue, gloved hands picking up barbecue and then like squishing it and just watching the meat mm, burst open yum. in different ways. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's crazy. Yo, that's, that's like real food porn. Yeah, I'm looking for a lot of comfort right now. I'm looking for comfort in my food. I'm looking for like warm fuzzies and good feelings on my social media. I'm trying to keep it all like, you know, very calm and mellow and nice right now. And um, yeah, so I've been scrolling through food talk and just watching like cheerful people make food that looks like it would taste good and make me feel like I'm getting hugged. <laughs> That's beautiful. That like comfort food hugs you from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you about a recipe that I um, asked my friend Amy for? Please. Yeah. So I was, so Amy uh, and Greg have the boat that I used to work on. They um, ran the boat. And so I learned a lot from Amy about like how to stock a larder and how to cook on a boat. And she gave me one of the first summers that I went to Alaska, um, a bunch of awesome recipes. And I wanted this one in particular because I remembered how great and comforting it was. And it's basically a chicken pot pie, but kind of in reverse. She calls it chicken biscuit. So it's like the chicken pot pie is in the pot and then you put biscuits on top and you bake it. Ooh, shit. So the biscuit is raw when you put it in and the biscuit plumps as the pot pie cooks? Exactly. Oh, shit. It's awesome. And I just got the whole recipe from her and she does it from the, like, she buys a roast, she buys a chicken and she roasts it and she makes the stock and she makes the biscuits from scratch and everything. But there are a bunch of different ways you could take shortcuts. But my favorite part is, yeah, you make the biscuit dough. And then once you've got your sort of chicken soup, essentially, it's like a cream of chicken soup with like carrots and thyme and celery and onions and everything in there. And you kind of like get it to the consistency that you want. Then you drop biscuits on top of it and you pop it in the oven. And when the biscuits 
toast up they kind of expand and they make that beautiful biscuit crust on the top and then you serve it with a big old spoon and maybe a big green salad on the side it's just like it's like heaven it's Mm. so nice what's your what's your pot pie temperature oh piping hot and i don't like many things piping hot but you gotta have that pot pie piping hot that's hard to say (laughs) very interesting for me that's that's one of my top room temp bites I would say would be like a pot pie. I, you know, we talk so much about how if everything was at room temp, the world would be a better place. So it's interesting <laughs> to hear that you, the except one of the exceptions to your rules is a pot pie. Yeah, there's something about just like when you burst open the crust and the steam escapes and the aroma of that steam that you get to inhale. And then like, I like taking a bite and blowing on it and having that, you know, the first bite is that like <laughs> kind of situation. And then it cools as you eat it. Like that whole experience, I think I always want my pot pie to be super super hot but i i feel you i don't like super hot things in my mouth i put so much cold milk in my coffee to cool it down that whenever i order a coffee i ordered a coffee yesterday at the i was taking the ferry and i stopped to get one and was so excited to have a you know fresh coffee to get on the cold ferry with and um she put milk in and i was like you just tip it a little out and then put some more milk in and she did it and i was like could you a little more? And she was like <laughs> a little mad at me about it because I get it. It was like, you know, probably a third cold milk and two thirds coffee. But um, and I should have just ordered a fucking latte. But um, I don't like I don't like my m- mouth to feel hot. I never feel dumber than when I can't resist a bite and I know it's going to burn me. And then I try and breathe the heat out of my mouth in some way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You do that so like crazy. dragon like. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest we've all been there and and there's no excuse for it but also like the moments afterwards and the way that i feel like oh here's how i'll handle this bad choice Mm -hmm. with another bad choice followed by another bad choice and then swallow it down which you can feel burning all the way down your esophagus and then it hits your gut and just fills your stomach with this weird lava heat that you signed <laughs> you you signed up for but is mad uncomfortable and then you do it again you're like all right bite number 2 like it's just the funniest little thing of our brains making that choice i can't ever get over it that's why i want a computer chip in my hand mary jane so i don't take bites of hot food when i know i shouldn't oh you just want a thermostat in your hands yeah <laughs> or a I thermometer t- rather yeah because I, I i can't see steam i'm too dumb mm-hmm. to see steam yeah <laughs> you don't you don't want a thermostat in your hand that regulates your body's temperature you want a thermometer that can actually just te- test the temperature of your food or you know what maybe you just need a food tester like the kings of yore of the days of old you know <laughs> You have that person who just like blows on your pot pie for you <laughs> when you get rich, when you yeah. book your next commercial. Instead of poison control, they go, oh, it's hot, sir. It's too hot because they've <laughs> burned their mouth. Um, can I tell you, I had cold Indian food for breakfast this morning. I got Indian um, takeout the other night and I had I got lamb korma and chicken tikka masala and naan and rayita and oh man it was so good and the best samosas i've ever had so fucking delicious if you're ever in polsbo try this place it's called i think punjab restaurant and um but i had a cold bite of lamb korma for breakfast and i was like you know there's something about having dinner for breakfast that is just so satisfying like a bite of something super savory instead of starting with anything sweet or fresh like that sustained me for longer than I think uh, English muffin or 
a yogurt would, like just one bite of lamb korma. And I was like, hmm. And that made me think about my friends Tomi and Kyo, who um, introduced me to the concept of having like fish for breakfast um, when I lived with them. And I was like, that's... It's fucking great. Like, it's super Scandinavian, right? Yeah. I keep picturing you making a whole TikTok character where you just interrupt, like, health TikTok, where it's somebody wearing exercise gear, making an acai bowl, and just chopping yeah. up bananas and sprinkling berries on yogurt, and you just stitch interrupt it and be like, or take a big fat bite of this Indian food and have a great day. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Yeah, fuck out of here with your acai bowls. <laughs> Get a bite of this lamb. I'll mm. see you later. <laughs> oh, man. What's your comfort food? What's your go-to? Boy, I'll tell you what, Mary Jane, I'm so glad you asked because I am on a tear right now. I never expected to say it, but loaded fries. I love yeah. a loaded fry so much. I'll take a loaded fry over a loaded nacho, over a potato skin. It is my number one comfort food of all time with a fucking huge fork and you just take a big fork full of loaded fry and stuff it in your mouth like a monster what is on these loaded fries pray tell so you have that great vegan place next to you so they have a carne asada vegan loaded fries and the asada that is, is... wait 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 wait. you can't what? just say carne asada vegan loaded fries <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit why the fuck would you name your vegan dish carne asada and then just put the word vegan what a nightmare. I don't want vegan carne asada. I just want it to... Be, I either want carne asada or I want it to be vegan. I don't want both. Yo, fucking What the preach. fuck is wrong with you? Preach. No, I don't right. like it. Especially because the asada is mushrooms. These delicious shredded mushrooms. So just Great. call it delicious mushrooms. You're so fucking right. Delicious mushrooms loaded fries. It sounds much better than carne asada vegan loaded fries. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Are you trying to trick someone who actually thinks it's meat into eating mushrooms? Because that's probably not a great idea. If I want carne asada, I want carne asada, you know? Yes. That's very disappointing. I don't. What is this place you're talking about? Uh, I don't want to name the name now because they're going to get the graffiti all <laughs> over the So I'm going to go menu. in and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why the fuck would you say it's carne asada when it's actually goddamn mushrooms? I'm here to make a complaint. Let me talk to your man. No, I would never. It'd be but. really funny if you're setting things up on a table as you're yelling at them. And then at the end of your monologue where you're yelling at them, you smash all of the things that you set up on the table. That'd be a power <laughs> move. I, would, I, I hope I would get thrown out. That's uh, uh, okay. Well, loaded fries though. See, yeah, but I, hold on, I, hold on, hold oh, on. I just sorry, think sorry, like, sorry. I'm sorry. You got me. You've got like, you make just such a great point about vegan food. If you want people who are a little suspicious of something new to try something new, don't tell them that it's milk and it's oat milk because it tastes like fucking oat milk. And I think yeah. you're so right. Like we don't have time, excuse me, especially in, in these times for some kind of like cloaked, disguised bullshit. We're adults. We don't have time any ever. Like I think that was the problem with, you know, most vegetarian food when I was a kid was that it was being sort of sold to me as like something that was like just as good and almost the same. And it's like, yeah, it's just as good, but in a totally different way. And it's nothing like it. Like, don't serve me nut loaf and tell me that it's like going to be just as good as meatloaf or don't serve, serve me a garden patty and tell me it's going to be like a hamburger. It's not, but it can be fucking delicious. So make it delicious and then give it a name that I'll remember and then I'll like that. Jesus. <laughs> Definitely not nut loaf. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't I ever know. Nut that. cheese. My friend, 
Uh, Kitty, who is so funny and awesome, we have a running joke about nut cheese, and every time she sees nut cheese, she'll like text me a picture of it, and she's like, "Ha ha ha, nut cheese!" <laughs> like, so yeah, gross. why did you call it that? That's insane. Jesus. Okay, what about these fries? Let's let's <laughs> let's hear about the fries. It, they're they're great because they are like a thin fry that's heavily seasoned and crisped up really well, and it has guac on it. It has cashew cheese. It has these really delicious shreddy mushrooms on it a great pico de gallo which i think is hard to do i think most pico is quite mushy and this has a lot of good crunch and texture and spice to it and Mm. uh cilantro on top and the portion yo you want to talk about heft like bag heft when you get it to go Mm -hmm. there is no better feeling than picking up a to-go order and knowing that that bag heft is right and you're gonna go home feeling so good it has great heft so that's you know and 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 not to mention the the varietals of a loaded fry if you did a steak cut or a waffle loaded fry i would be right there with you i would open up a fucking restaurant that's just called loaded fries and you can get your type of fry and then you can get your fixins and toppings on top and good to fucking go i think that would be a great restaurant idea that is a fantastic restaurant idea i love the idea of being able to choose your fry because No, no one ever has fry options. You get one fry option, always. There's what they make. Yeah, you could even do sweet potato mm-hmm. fries, and then you could get Indian comfort toppings on top. Like, you could get, like, a loaded sweet potato fry with that, what's the goat that you had? Goat? Oh, I had korma. Korma. I had lamb korma. Lamb mm-hmm. korma on top with a raita drizzle. Oh, fuck my face. That sounds so good. Badmash does have a poutine with um, chicken tikka, I think. Don't they? I haven't tried it, but that's, you know, poutine is like the ultimate loaded fry. Yeah, it is. That is the dish that I subsisted on for three years living in Montreal at theater school. Every fucking night I would go to Chez Claudette with Allison and we would like just scarf poutine and drink coffee and talk about our day learning the the theatrical arts. It was a fucking fantastic time. Poutine. Ooh, so good. That melty curd cheese. If you can get some peas in there. And then in Newfoundland, where I'm from, you can get um, all dressed chips when you order your fish and chips. And it's basically like, um, it's called dressing. It's like stuffing, bread stuffing, doused in gravy. So fucking good. Yo, you pair that for me with like a lemon sour diesel or a chem dog joint. Like you hook me up Mm. with a, mm, god damn, Mm -hmm. that sounds so good. Delicious. Yeah, we're going to get there. Once weed goes federal, I can open up a loaded fry pop-up and yeah. I can also pair it. You can, like the combo meal will be soda, fry, and pre-roll. Do you think that there's a world in which we'll have mobile um, weed trucks like we have food trucks? You know, if we're going to focus on things like Starlink, I sure hope that we also can focus on things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Like there, there are some, I, I remember being... Uh, so excited when I saw there was a truck in New York that would drive around and it had like weed on the side and it was like cells, you know, and it had all these like things on the side that they sold. And it turned out that it was like all bunk. And I think maybe they sold CBD, but, you know, it was just a fucking racket. But like a mobile dispensary would be so amazing. We don't need more ice cream trucks. We need some trucks that drive around. Like imagine you're in, in the park on a both? Sunday. <laughs> It was like, well, yeah. Okay. So you get both. You get the food truck and the weed truck and the ice cream truck. All the trucks. Let's just get, <laughs> let's get some fucking mental health trucks out there. Okay. Yes. Let's do it all. There's the truck where you can pick up kittens. There's the SPCA adopt a kitten truck. So yeah, I just want them to add legal food trucks. I mean, legal weed trucks to the equation and then life would be perfect. What would, what song would play as you're, as it's driving down your, uh, your street and you hear it inside your place? 
Smoke on the Water. Like the weed trucks here. Yeah. <laughs> You know it. You know I've thought about this. Fuck yeah, you have. Oh, man, that's good. Mm. Oh, that's Well, so that's good. probably a good spot to wrap it up for this loosey-goosey episode. Let's do it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, let's get to Buds of the Week this week. And we have a very uh, special ending to this episode. We're going to have a song by a band called Potty Mouth, which uh, I will talk about after we do Buds of the Week. So excited. You want to go first or second for Buds of the Week? Mm, I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so my butt of the week this week is Rama Valuri, who is my friend here in uh, L.A., I almost said Chicago, because he was a part of Second City. Um, we met here in L.A., and his Instagram is at Rama Valuri, which is V-A-L-L-U-R-Y. He is an incredible voice actor. He is a wonderful on-camera actor. You know, all of his parts of his body, good at acting. <laughs> Every Great. single part of him. And... um. <laughs> He, he I, I was having some trouble recently just in the entertainment industry. I was really frustrated with some stuff. And he just reached out as a friend and was like, yo, dude. And we had a really great chat. And he, he really, um, it's nice that there are people everywhere who care about other people. So I just want to also shout him out. And um, he's my bud. That's my bud of the week, Rama. Uh, my bud of the week this week is my sister Caroline. I'm up here in Washington um, because she's not well and I love her so fucking much. And I want to just um, give her all the love that I can give and... Um, she's she's the greatest so i just want to shout her out here because i i you know i i will talk about her on here some more and just talk about all the great things that she's done and all the stuff that i've learned from her being a baby sister she's the best big sister in the whole wide world so caroline is my vote of the week it's beautiful uh shout out caroline love you and before we wrap i just wanted to say to everyone if you dig the pod we have a patreon and we're having so much fun making patreon content and we're putting up uh, extra episodes, bonus episodes. We're calling them extra slices every week. And we've got some cool stuff at every level. If you subscribe for the $2 tier, we have a sesh Q&A episode for you every month. And we've got extra apps every week at the $5 level. And at the $8 level, there's extra like video content and long, uh, or not long, <laughs> super long interviews, no, unedited, <laughs> unedited, like the whole interview that we haven't edited with some of our favorite guests and that kind of thing. So you can find us at patreon.com slash weed and grub. 100%. So our song that we're going to play for you in just a moment is from Potty Mouth. It is called Let Go. And it was part of a huge project called Sunday Someday. Can I, I'll give you a little bit of background. So w- during the pandemic, all of these musicians got together, Nervous, Potty Mouth, Koji, Solstice Ray, Full On Monty, and they made a compilation album with the goal of raising a lot of funds for a um, band member's top surgery. And then they hit that goal. And so then they doubled down on it. And they're like, well, let's just get a bunch of money for the LGBTQI plus youth initiatives. So they launched this album called Sunday Someday. You can get it all over the world. There will be a link in the bio if you'd like to purchase it and support the LGBTQI plus community. And we're going to play the song Let Go from Potty Mouth to bring us on home. It's such a good track. 
And such a cool project. Just amazing people doing great things. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us, everyone. If you like our pod, follow us on Instagram at Weed and Grub and email us questions and stories and tell us things at WG at Weed and um, thanks for hanging with me, Mike. It's always it's always a nice bright spot in my in my life to just see your face and, and yap it up with you. So thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane. We got each other's back. Yeah, we do. So so does everyone who's listening. We all out here. Yeah. We are we are our own Starlink, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Without further ado, here is the song Let Go from Potty Mouth.